insane amount of swiftness with it. Uh, Basil, I have a question for you. Are you playing Lost Ark right now? Yes. I knew it! What? I, I can never tell. Said can you tell? <laughs> Put oh, it no, down. No, no, well, don't no. log out, though. Don't log out. But, but no, no, I'm, I'm it. not playing now. I was like before the stream. Forging trust came with time, and for these dedicated few, it was well reinforced. It was tempered with each step they took on their path and each battle they fought side by side. They knew of dark times and the whispers of those who would wish to corrupt the minds of the hopeful. So they found reinforcement in one another while carrying onward toward their goal. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined today by our attorney Pathfinders. Let's welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, Half Tilt. Hello, friends. How's it going? <laughs> and everybody's... Or at least my favorite murder slash social bunny, Faisal. Greetings. Welcome Greetings, back. Everyone. Welcome back. Now, before we dig in, as always, got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering at greater week after week um also if you'd like to show us a little love go over to our itunes give us a five-star review you can find the link to that pinned over at ashes pathfinder on twitter hit that linked or that uh pinned post at the top click on the link go over there leave a comment and if you do we'll read it here on the show you can also call into 1-539-664-6801. Leave us a message. We'll play it here on the show as long as it's appropriate. Speaking of appropriate, we got this grunt peon slash Pathfinder peon that rustles around parchment and messages and things of that nature over on Vera. Gets messages between our plane and that uh, that mystical domain of Ashes of Creation. So if you want to shoot him something, he actually has a Gmail it's ashespathfinders at gmail.com. You shoot him a message, and well, if you leave one there, we'll read that too. Also, if you'd like to support this show over on Patreon, you can do that by hitting up patreon.com forward slash samorg. Okay, working on some perks for that one. That's going to be actually pretty interesting moving forward. I got to say something. A particular community member, can't, can't confirm or not, I know who that is, but um, a possible Pathfinder or or community member, um, yeah, there, uh, I saw an article by somebody recently that, uh, isn't really out there. Um, but I understand this individual's planning on presenting it. And I gotta say there were a few discussion points on it that actually tie into our show here today. So, you know, I don't know who that is. I can't confirm or not, but if we were to see something in the near future from said individual, it'll make sense to kind of reference this show at that time. I'll save that for the future. But gentlemen, what have you been up since last time? How has everything been going? Half to you've had 
two weeks versus us in our one week. But how, how's everything been going, guys? Uh, well, since you kind of let the cat out of the bag already. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't say I didn't name anybody, but now you're yeah, out you yourself, like, I, I guess. I, 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 cool. I know what's happening. There's a little pressure. <laughs> so I, I have been I have been working on something that I, I, I ran by, you know, the Dark Lord Sim. Hey, hold uh, on. We talked about this before the show. We talked about. All right, fine. Continue. My bad. Whatever. There's only no, certain situations where you're not the Dark Lord, my friend. I'm this sorry. is really uh, discouraging that I'm like being referenced primarily as the Dark Lord. I got to. Anyway, I'll figure this out. For, for <laughs> like, I, I've been I've been working on a little Shit. thing just from a concept <laughs> perspective, just trying to flex my writing muscle um, again. So I've been kind of kicking around a few ideas. Uh, so I'm hoping um, that this will like branch out into you know something on a regular basis. So I uh, just did some kind of initial draft. So hopefully you'll be seeing something from me fairly mm. soon there. Outside of that, that's been pretty much it in terms of me and just kind of other than the normal day to day. Yeah, and I just I am gonna say I referenced it because it it genuinely was a good read. By the way, man, I, I actually did enjoy it. <laughs> I, I know that like I didn't actually get to say that in my hustling around and bustling to get ready, but it genuinely was a good read, and I personally would be looking forward to more of those. So anyway, uh, half tilt. What about you? Man, I've been good. Just been busy with family and and work stuff. Um, I haven't been doing too much. Been catching up on little Ashes stuff uh, I've seen floating around the community. Been some uh, some good discussions, good questions being asked lately. It's nice to see that engagement coming in and that kind of behind the scenes thought processes going on right now. So hopefully that's something we can see a lot more of moving forward. And guys, get enga- get engaged on that stuff. Share your thoughts and opinions here on the show, on the comments in the YouTube down below. You know. Um, yeah, I tried to get on to play some Lost Ark the other night, and after <sighs> sitting there waiting for like ten minutes just for the the program to load, I don't have a crappy computer. I can play <laughs> just about anything fine, but it, I, like I think it was because it was the first time I was trying to load the game right after it upda- installed and updated. Yeah. It just took forever. Like I had the logo sitting on my screen forever. And then I had the loading bar and then the logo again. It was like, felt like 10 minutes later, I finally get into choose a server and I can't choose a server. It's like, what the hell? So I had to restart the whole damn process again. It takes it like another 10 minutes and then find out the server's in maintenance. I'm like, oh, well, that explains everything. I'm done. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to sit back down. So I'm hoping tonight to try it out again because I've heard the end game is a blast. Um and just want to see where it's at. Something to compare. Maybe hold myself over until uh, mm. we get to jump into add some Alpha 2 here. But yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. Went out for a nice hike today. Saw some big trees. Nice. Didn't hug them. Jumped on them. You know, it was fun. Wait, did you say that you were... Did you just say you were tree hugging? No. Oh, I thought you said hugged them. I was like, wait, did he? I said I didn't hug them. Oh, I jumped okay. on them. I was we, like, we, we walked like, along the easy. Damn, man. Let, let's keep this PG, bro. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Faze, what about <laughs> you? Whoa, 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 whoa. I, wait, I just need to take that like time to, to sink that in. <laughs> tree, yeah. tree hugger. Okay. <laughs> You know, it's really interesting uh, about I'm your... I'm going to put that one down now, am I? Yeah. yeah. Nope. He was probably thinking of a way you could cut it down, because if that makes sense, there's this Murder Bunny emote in our Discord, and there, Basil's holding an axe, but I digress. Yes, please continue, Basil. Um, I've been drop hunting most of the time, uh-huh. so tomorrow I've got an interview. 
And Best of luck, uh, sir. I've been playing multiple games. Lost Ark is one of them. Total War Warhammer 2, uh, 3 just came out, so I've been playing that for eternity. And I've been browsing the Ashes uh, Discord and uh, forums and see what interesting questions people are coming up with. Yeah. We, we've got one specific to the forums that we, I know we prefaced uh, last week and we talked about that a bit. Uh, and definitely I'm looking forward to talking about that a bit because I feel like it's going to be a good tie into uh, what we're going to be talking about today, which is probably the core of our discussion uh, for today. This is one of those weeks where we're, we're gearing up for the next Ashes developer live stream. We've kind of covered all the stuff related to the last developer live stream over the past few weeks. And now we're at a point where we, we get to sort of hit on a community discussion. And uh, if you didn't catch it, I did go over uh, on the Ashes HQ channel. I posted this uh, Ashes talk on augmentation. And uh, the, the goal of that one specifically, if you haven't checked it out, feel free to do so. Um, if you are listening to this, watching it on YouTube later. I encourage you to do that ahead of time, potentially drop your comments there or on the podcast when it is there. If you have a response, I did curate some discussion points specific to what the community was uh, responding with and the feedback they gave there. I grabbed a few summaries, paraphrased a few things as, as some discussion points I thought would be good. Got a, got one off Reddit too, which I'm going to talk about and it's stupid and blasphemous, but we'll talk about why in a minute. It's fine. Um, now, there was a Valentine's Day video. Um, I, I know I was in. I see another person here was uh, Z, and I want to take this moment to call Z out. Z, we always require that our the people on this show have cameras. My understanding is that you haven't been able to join, or I probably wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a good fit to invite you on because you never really use a camera. But as evidenced by, see that that's how facts work. That's going to be important for later in the week when I decide to tear someone a new one on a video, but wait for it. Not on Ashes HQ, on my SimWorg domain, but I digress. You were on camera, which means now you have an open invitation to join the Ashes Pathfinder podcast because we require cameras. So it's there if one you want to join, one of us. Always been, in, always been wanting us. to get you on, homie. Good to put a grill to the to the voice, but always been wanting to get Z on, right? Because Z's a very active member of the community. Moderates, you know, has really great discussions. I've caught them, right? But cameras are required here, so there it is. No pressure. And amazing art. She yeah, amazing art. I love, I love, I love the artwork that she does. Um, you see her stuff on on a good number. I don't even know how many now. It's been quite a good number. I, I've actually lost count. It's been that many. So there have been a lot of really good works. Uh, but the Valentine's Day video is great. I know I recorded a bit. Saw that Z recorded a bit. Several other content creators on the Golden Feather, uh, uh, Bustin, and I forget who else. But there was a couple others that were on there as well. Uh, so check it out if you haven't. It's on their uh, Twitter. I thought it was pretty... Uh, pretty um, the word i'm looking for wholesome it was pretty wholesome um yeah i guess i guess here's the augmentation discussion we're we talking about uh i do want to make a couple notes though about and i agree z the ending was pretty cute but i do want to make a note here i am looking for a particular person to curate an article help me to gather the development live stream bullet points and q a portion Faster than I can. So if you're someone who has the capability of doing that the same day, 
that would be great if you know i basically tag the individuals who contribute to that at the bottom of the articles and link it all that stuff if they want to you're welcome to it if anybody wants to do that it would be very helpful it would help me to get it up faster currently i'm getting it up by saturdays but i would ideally like to be able to get it up there faster um that might help me to work on a few things to make a presentation even more better if you will but if you're interested hit me up um just the facts right on the q a I want that to be basically like, you know, like if you're paraphrasing very specific so that you're not, you know, deviating from the facts or you know being too ambiguous. So, you know, if you need a reference point, just check out the um, the articles that have been posted that I've done and you'll essentially see what I mean by what how, how we want that sort of formulated and uh, formatted and uh, exactly how uh, specific the details need to be. Um, another thing is Knights of the Phoenix. We are recruiting. That is the guild that is formed around this community, the greater community. It's the spearhead of this community. And it's uh, specifically if you're a Ashes Pathfinder, if you, you know, kind of browse around on Ashes HQ, if you're a part of the Ashes fam, you want a guild for Ashes. But more specifically, you're a part of this community right here. Hit me up on Discord. Uh, and yeah, I think that's it for announcements. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kind of gravitate towards you, you have to you did talk about lost ark and i noticed that there was a comment on the ashes of creation reddit or a topic around please no bs quests we don't want them please no no bs quests i can understand that right i i personally am not gonna probably play that uh, because i don't really prefer isometric games but I can I can kind of dig into some like Diablo because there's these like amazing like story cutscenes and it's you know what I mean and there's like the dialogue and the story sort of like makes sense um, to me, but I think Lost Ark's going to have a really great place and it's going to give a lot of people in the Ashes community something to do. There's definitely some other games on the agenda that are sort of uh, going to be coming out soon, like Elden, the Elden Ring. I'm I'm personally hopeful for this one to fill a bit of time for myself um coming up it's like what next friday it's literally going to be after so i'm doing after the next developer live stream we'll do our ashes uh development live stream post show and then i'm just going to dig into that and i'm hoping i don't want to get overhyped but i'm hoping you know that story-wise it's going to deliver because that's what i'm really going to be there for um i don't know what everybody else is doing to fill their time half tilt's playing lost ark it sounds like Basil is um, <laughs> not not yet. Sorry, but planning hopefully. on it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon. <laughs> right now, I'm just being a scrub in Rocket League. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, let's let's dig in. You already just dig into this one. I'm gonna link a I'm gonna link a post specific to our discussion to start it off. This one is gonna take a community topic. I'm gonna paste here for myself so I can also. Uh, read specifically the points I wanted to pull from it. There it is right there. Friends, I see more and more people in chat. Welcome in, everybody. It's really good to see you all here. So let's go back up to this one, right? Looking at the front here, it said, uh, Intrepid, I have no clue if you have any idea of having these in the game, but if you do, please do not follow World of Warcraft. I'm going to take that down because we'll talk about this shortly. Augmentation. 
He said, let me explain. Or they said, let me explain. They release one dungeon with one raid tier associated with it, then another with another play style, but better gear. If you have a raid tier, can you do it more like Diablo? Funny how we're referencing some of these things already as we get started. Gonna not lie, I'm cringing a little bit already. They said having multiple ones, but with the same level and strength. So a player can have to choose between one play style over the other instead of having, uh, or instead of playing this style causes there to be one tier set. So they're hitting on a few things here, right? I hear tier set and I think, are we talking gear? Because they, they were a bit gray on this. They didn't really clarify specifically. But I also heard this dungeon delving style of, of a dungeon, which this is uh, something that harkens back to Ash's development, doesn't it? Because we know about this. So pin, put a pin on that. Put a pin on raid tier related to WoW. Put a pin on tier sets. Said a way that I could see it is a boss drop drops an item that you can trade for either a raid tier A, B, or C of X item level. First of all, item level, put another pin on that. Not a big fan of item level, but I digress. Said there is, uh, then if there is a stronger raid, well, the boss could sell the same type of item or drop the same type of item, but stronger that you could change via the same process. So... That's all I want to hit on, right? They talked about legendaries and it would be to avoid a player to all use the same. So when I hear these types of things, like with all the respect to the individual who wrote this, right? I think maybe they probably came into it with a bit of an uninformed perspective, which is something we actually talked about uh, in the uh, pre-show, basically before we went live. We talked about how sometimes people come into the community and maybe they just don't have a very... Uh, full uh, frame of reference, having done enough research and maybe knowing that some of these things are discussions that have been had. Anyway, gentlemen, in no particular order, is there anything there that you really want to hit on first that you feel like it's important to reflect on, discuss? We'll save me for last if I can fill in the blanks. I mean, one, one thing about the post that triggered me a little bit with regards to, you know, that Blizzard game that we talk about on occasion yeah um is is that thinking that if i go into a, a dungeon right i and i get a drop i can go in a more difficult version of the that dungeon and get the same exact drop except it's slightly better because it's you know slightly upgraded stats and it just gave me um like ptsd from the style of itemization that WoW had is, is basically that you were chasing the same version of a gear you already had. And it didn't necessarily feel unique. It didn't feel like, in my opinion, that there was a lot of um, thought behind the itemization. So I guess, like, personally, I mean, I, at a high level, I agree, you know, we sh we shouldn't necessarily do things like WoW um, because that just didn't necessarily have the greatest experience for me. I'm not sure about, you know, Diablo per se, but I do like the idea is that there's a variety of ways to get gear, wh whether that's like crafting, whether that's dungeon delving, whether that's world bosses. I mean, having those different avenues to get gear within, I would say, maybe a same range and, and maybe gear drops based on your level. Yeah. I don't know, like the item level piece, I think there's got to be some sort of way where you differentiate power. So I don't know. I mean, item level may not be the most ideal thing, but 
there should be a way where you can tell, okay, well, this one might have, you know, better stats and this versus that. And that's how I kind of determined that, you know, piece of gear A is better than piece of gear B. Um, but personally, I actually like the idea of tier sets and collecting tier sets and getting, chasing that bonus. I mean, kind of the, maybe the way to get them, you know, maybe could be tweaked a bit, but I did like the idea of being able to collect something and get something that I could use. And it, it's, it's almost like a status symbol or at least like a sense of accomplishment. Cause I collected something. Um, mm. But I do, I do think there's still got to be some interplay and maybe something they said actually was something that I was thinking about, which is, uh, wouldn't it be neat if you got of like a base set from somewhere, but then along the way you started finding items in the world that if you use them, you know, with the help of a crafter, you might be able to add like some sort of bonus or upgrade the armor in some way um, or upgrade the weapon in some way. So that way, again, it it encourages you to interact with the world in all its kind of different stages, but also encourages you to interact with players. So there's kind of a constant level of, um, I would say, level of interdependency between interacting going out in the game world exploring and then interacting with players so it's not just like a single mm. like thing of chasing like i'm going into this dungeon and i'm doing it a hundred times because i want to get version 2.0 of the same you know piece of gear i got mm. you know early on in the game. yeah I, I i will echo that like I don't want to just have to 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 push a little bit harder and complete higher difficulty content just to get uh, a five item level better version of what I got from the last time I came through this dungeon. You know, that's to me that 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 is kind of blah, and it's a meaningless upgrade. Give me something that I like the idea of tier sets as well, yeah. and. Uh, you know, as you get into more difficult stuff, you can get another tier of of a set item, essentially. But it's a different set item with different bonuses. That is something that I can get behind and trying to push for. From the difficulty part of this post, I feel like um, might have just not been fully informed of what Ash's plan is with the kind of more. Um, performance-based uh, difficulty setting that we're expecting to see in dungeons where the quicker more efficiently you kill a boss, the more difficult the next boss could be. So right. if you if you blast through the first boss in 30 seconds, then that basically unlocks the, the next level or even maximum level tier of difficulty for the, the next boss that you're going to face in that dungeon and increase the loot table accordingly or adjust the loot table accordingly so that the difficulty is dynamic that way and based on your performance. So if you struggle to kill a boss, you're not going to go to the next boss and all of a sudden have it be at a crazy difficulty setting. It's going to be at probably at its easiest difficulty setting so that you're, 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 you're challenged. And if you're not doing it, then you really need to work on your mechanics or gear up your, your guild a bit better. So as we unlock those more difficult loot uh, bosses, down them, and have those more advanced loot tables, I expect and hope to see a 
different set of gear, even if it follows a, a similar theme based around that boss or that raid or dungeon or whatever it is. But then you expect to see better gear, not necessarily just, hey, because you would beat the boss with the higher level this time around. Now it's got five more strength and five more stamina on it than the last time. So here, enjoy your upgrade kind of thing. Maybe give you upgrade tokens or materials that you can use, take to a crafter to upgrade your current piece of gear. And it keeps the same piece of gear going. I think that's something that they might have been trying to touch on yeah. in the post where, where you can basically acquire items or a means to upgrade drops that you've already got from the, that boss or that dungeon when you complete higher difficulty versions of it. What are some of your thoughts, Faisal? I'm kind of everywhere with this mm. post. Because there's so many different games that like do dungeons very differently. Some people see dungeons as end game content, while others, uh, you have to grind dungeons in order to get the gear to reach to higher, like mm. to the end game content. And that's what people want. At least a lot of people want that, the end game content. They don't really care about the, the journey, as people would say. Um, so, um, do we do we know exactly how they're gonna do dungeons? So, specifically, so so specifically in regard, no, we don't have like a super solid plan. We know what their we know what their their development, uh, like what their current development outline is in regard to like you know there's gonna be instance content, there's gonna be open world content. We know how yeah. the boss progression is gonna work in regard to like what Haftel was talking about, like kill too quick might be a little bit stronger, right? So it sort of helps to work to balance that you can't just you know essentially like overpower it you get still gotta like you still it's still gonna be meaning like challenging in a meaningful well, way based on people that are maybe lower geared versus those that are higher geared um you know and, and it's also kind of got this uh i'm trying to think of the right word um but there's this sort of uh i'm trying to think of it in this elder scrolls um in the elder scrolls blades uh mobile game they do this sort of dungeon progression thing where you go deeper and deeper into like this, this like delve of sorts and progressively yeah. each level is stronger and stronger. That's what I'm thinking. So that's part of the equation, right? But the details on exactly what they're planning to do. Nah, nah, not yet. And I got it. Well, that's the part that's really weird yeah. is yeah. Cause they proposed this kill boss one fast enough unlocks difficulty level two for boss number two kind of thing yeah. and yeah. but in an open world environment if if you're in there and you down the first boss and another guild comes running past you and beats you to the second boss are they now facing that increased difficulty second boss or does that boss that second boss somehow be like oh no 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 this isn't the guild that beat the first one really fast the other guild is so we're gonna bite we're i'm gonna be stronger against them so guess, I'm really curious how they plan to implement something like that because it, it sounds really cool on paper game? but it could be a numbers game, like see how many people are coming inside the dungeon and increase the difficulty on the number, I would say. And how fast it's going to increase. Like if it's like a huge one going in, that would be a certain difficulty. But when you have a group that goes in and a sudden increase of number just pops in like another 50 of, uh, of other people and mm. like you could increase the difficulty dramatically. 
Yeah, and there's ways you can pace it too, right? It's not just like you kill some trash and you get to the next boss. It could be like some sort of puzzle. You could need like a particular set of archetypes to progress. It, you know, there there's a lot of different things that you could do to pace that. Um, I think as well. I mean, personally, I think if there is like that situation where I'm kind of in a guild group or you know raid and we kill a boss and then this other group kind of blows by us and I want them to face that same, like the same tier of encounter that our original group would have faced because then if they get, you know, smacked back down, then like we can come in and take it over or we can contest it or something. Right. So there's, there's definitely a good dynamic there. And one other thing too, I think they mentioned like, is that their primary source of, um, I don't want to say content, but like when we're talking about instance content versus everything else, I think roughly it was like they mentioned maybe 20% would be instant. So really they're leaning yeah, 80, heavily on non-instance content, right? which yeah. I, I think like you, you said, Faisal, I mean, that presents kind of a whole new set of things that they need to think about in terms of interactions and how mm-hmm. complex are these delves going to be? I mean, I I hope to God they don't do something like a Torghast where it's like oh, almost right. like a roguelike. So I was going to say. I mean, it was fun for a minute, but in the long run, it just felt grindy. Just uh, and turned just into felt, a wheel. Just turned into a hamster yeah, wheel. That's the problem. Exactly. Yep. It was a hamster wheel that had almost too much variation, right? I mean, I would like to be able to... I, mean, I think the, what they propose is interesting, is if you defeat a boss quickly... You're going to get a different tier. There might be new abilities, right? But there's there's still at least some level of um, some threat of same. I don't want to even say sameness because that kind of puts it in a negative light. But there's still like there's still some way that you can progress, right? If you kind of figure out what the new abilities are, you kind of make it work. You're you're not just beating your head against a mm-hmm. wall, and the game changes every time. Right. I mean, it's still going to be something where you can make meaningful progression on. So I I hope there's, you know, that's kind of the thought process there. And and I would be interested to see how they handle like those open world areas and how they like manage like what would be meaningful conflict versus what would be maybe something that more borderlines on griefing. Right. Per se. Um, and that's where I think, you know, it, it's going to take a lot of testing to really make that work and work well. And and pacing, I think, is important. Like I said, I mean, there's there's different ways you can pace. You can, you know, make the trash harder or you can make the trash have different abilities or you can you might need to collect something from the first boss kill in order to be able to progress. So you might not have somebody that's going to bogart your shit. Right. That just blows past you and moves on to the next thing because you've got something that they don't right that maybe helps you get past a trap or something that um moves you to the next boss so there's obviously there's different things they can do to really pace that and balance out um the encounters a bit yeah and i gotta i gotta give a shout out too because donver and chat just dropped like 15 subs and i usually i try to be all subtle about it so it doesn't you know i don't like you know constantly call out all the all the stuff going on in regard to like notifications and stuff that are silenced during the podcast. But just want to say super big shout out. Really appreciate that, man. Uh, means a lot. Um, 
I, I wanted to piggyback off of something you said about Torghast. So initially, it seemed that most people at the time when that came out, uh, in, the, in the early days, it seemed like a lot of people really enjoyed it. Um, I think that it had, you know, found from a foundational standpoint, it had a lot of great possibilities. But the problem is they didn't really... It, they didn't do what you said. And I think the, the key word is meaningful, right? You said meaningful. And I would agree, you know, if, if it's not meaningful. So we think about like, well, what's going to drop, right? Well, what's the progression into it look like? Like it's got to stay meaningful. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm not going to spoil, but like the article you wrote, this is a tie and I want to make a point on because at some point in the future, when your article comes out, this is going to be a very important discussion point right here. Meaningfulness is very vital. Right. You can't just do it for the sake of having it there. So it's this hamster wheel for people to sort of grind away at. It's important that it makes sense. Right. Torghast initially made sense. But in its you know lifespan, we look towards like, well, well, how does this like continue to be meaningful? It didn't make sense after a while. Um, and it happens in a lot of games as well. And I think that, you know, you, we were all hitting on different uh, points here, too. Like, I agree. I'm a big fan of class sets or or sets in general. Like I'm a huge proponent of specifically class sets. We could even just call them archetype sets for the sake of ashes, right? I would not expect yeah. ashes to go, let's make an let's make a set for every single class combination, all 64. No, no, no. I can see them doing a base archetype class sets that dropped in in raids, for example. Like, that's cool. I dig that stuff. I like that kind of, uh, you know, uh, accenting the class dynamics and giving the classes something to, you know, something flavor-wise that's kind of fun. In World of Warcraft, in Wrath of the Lich King, I felt that that was actually really, really fun. Um, you know, in Wrath, in, in the tier sets there, right? Because they even had, like, a visual appearance that sort of, like, harking to class identity, um, but when you look at like uh, another thing that I like was raid lockout. I'm a proponent of weekly raid lockouts. I like that. It, it makes the content last a little longer. It also can work hand in hand with sort of managing that, you know, the group dynamic of getting, you know, stronger and stronger. I'm not saying I'm a proponent of like multiple tiers of difficulty, like going raid finder, which I hate that by the way, normal, heroic, mythic. I, I liked the olden days and ashes is going to be what a 40 person raid. So when you're going to go in there with 40 people, it's already in some ways, from my perspective, 40 raids, 40 person raids. It allows a little bit more. Um, so what I'm looking for room for error when you've got stronger versus weaker players. Uh, but also it's a very daunting task in and itself because of community elements, right? Getting people in there, having enough people to court, like coordination is a big thing. And for me, like when I think of a 40 person raid and I think of, they're not going to have add-ons. They're not going to have a lot of these different things that a lot of traditional, uh, MMOs now currently have, um, world of Warcraft being a great example. The Elder Scrolls online being a great example. Plenty of other games have add-ons. Um, but, but not having add-ons and there being a focus on uh, situational awareness, the game mechanics, looking for the telegraphs, looking for, you know, the boss animations for cleaves and things of that nature, or avoiding like, you know, dot damage or cleansing, all these types of mechanics. Like with that being there and it being 40 person and then potentially having, if they were to tie in the 
progression element of difficulty to where based on maybe time in some regard, it determines what certain stats or damage percentages might look like. I could see that that I could dig that, right? Because then if you you're going in there and you're doing it faster, well, it's gonna be a little harder. The 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 thing is, is like where do you make the reward of loot? And I it's not all about the loot, right? But but loot is important because what's gonna be the incentive for an in-game raider who focuses on this weekly? And let's say you got a raid lock, right? And they've cleared that content, et cetera. And they're coming in. It's their weekly raid to go in and do their thing. And they can get in there to the very end, regardless of how much that ladder steps up for them in regard to boss difficulty. And that group is accomplishing it. They get to the end. I mean, at a certain point, they're going to be just going in there and getting the same stuff every week, unless you find a way to make it meaningful for them to go in and farm it. Outside of doing what some of y'all are going to do and carry people for gold. It's going to happen. Let's be real. It's probably going to happen. Maybe we don't want it, but it'll happen. Okay. Boost. Yeah. Boosting. Right. Um, Boost. So I think of like, what would make it meaningful? And from my perspective, fundamentally based on what we know right now, those resources, right? Resources to craft things like legendaries. I think if we can tie it into the crafting system and maintain a focus on that being rare, then I think that's going to be a, a pretty big chunk of it, but there's definitely got to be something more, I think. And I don't, I don't have the answers, but what do you think? I, I think something else, like if you're, if, if we're talking about the rewards from increased difficult versions of the same bosses, so to speak. Yeah not only just better items necessarily, but like you said, crafting components, crafting materials, and maybe just increased quantities of those, a better chance at mm. getting the, the legendary drops off like the that. bosses or the more rare um, crafting components from bosses. Just you ink by doing the, the more difficult content and completing it, you have a better chance at getting the better rewards, not necessarily a guarantee, uh, or, you know, some of the more basic stuff they might drop instead of dropping three of these items. Now it drops five of them for the guild type thing. Mm. Um, you know, maybe instead of having three item slots uh, for items like equipable items that drop, now it's four. If you, if the better you perform, maybe you can unlock that stuff that way. So it gives you something to push for from a progression standpoint of trying to get better. There's rewards for doing it quicker. There's rewards for doing it better. And by going into increased difficulties, maybe you have a better chance at getting the rarer drops. That's not to say you can't get it from the easiest version. Maybe you have a, a you know, a 0.05% chance of getting a legendary item from the easiest version of a Voss easiest version of a boss whereas if you get the most difficult version of the boss down maybe it's now actually a five percent chance of it dropping so just just increase like think of think of killing illidan for the war glaives back in tbc mm. you know it just if you fought him on hard mode or mythic mode if if such a thing had existed back then then there was maybe there was a better chance at those things dropping than just on normal mode mm -hmm. I like it gives that. you something to push for. I like the idea of maybe capping the percentage chance. Like maybe maybe it's only like an increase of like of 20% or 
right? Like 15 or 20% is like the max. But if you like are completing it within that benchmark, then that would apply to you. And that would be better because, you know, you're probably going to get more than other people. And that's definitely going to be good for gearing your people, you know, like trade between metropolises. I mean, just all around. I think that's meaningful. That would be pretty good. Um, yeah. When you like, you mentioned it before too, talking about like the yeah. effort it takes to bring forty people together yes. in a time slot, coordinate that. That's no small feat. No. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't miss that from <laughs> Wow Classic trying to get forty people together versus trying to get twenty five together. Yeah, that's fair. You know, as some as someone that has very limited game time available, it only mm-hmm. takes a couple people to not show up or have other things come up in their life and they can't be there that time. Yeah. And all of a sudden now everybody's shot for the week harder. is done. And yeah. now you can, you either have to try harder, you have to find people to backfill mm-hmm. from outside yeah. the guild who probably are undergeared and under-experienced. Um, so having that, mm-hmm. you mentioned leeway um, in, in the, the difficulty, especially for the lower difficulties, I think is going to be really important. And especially because I think right now every single casual player is probably hoping and praying that all of the progression world first Mm. focused guilds are going to have content creators in them to note down all these boss mechanics. And once they've started to get these bosses on farm to be able to post strats on how to get them down because progression rating is no, that's a serious time investment. That's a serious consumables investment, like not just your raid time, but prepping for those raids, getting everything absolutely in place that you need. Yep. Like that's a huge time sink. And I'll be honest that to me, that's the turnoff is it I just is. don't have the time to sink into that. So I can't do that. I'm the casual guy that's hoping these guides are going to be out there because to go in there and wipe on the same boss for six hours, trying to figure out the mechanics with 40 people be like, don't stand in the, in the fire, you know, Right, it's not buff. That's homie. not an easy thing to do, and people get tired. They have distractions. They get tunnel visioned on whatever's going on, oh, and you know, one mistake can cause the whole raid to wipe. Oh, there yeah. has to be those rewards as you go up in that difficulty to make you feel like you belong there, like you're pursuing something. You said it's not all about loot, and I agree, mm-hmm. it's not all about loot. But at the end of that fight, the loot Boarding. is what you get to carry around for. And, and show off what you take right? away man you, yeah. you, you take your screenshot with the guild and that's a big thing in the guild after that the loot is what carries you forward that's what's that's what you get to go into pvp and, and show off you know that's what you get to go and parade around town while you sit sit in the middle of orgrimmar in your mount and just, <laughs> and just flex flex your glaives you know like that that that's that's what it's all about yeah absolutely and um yeah and and before anybody wants to make a reference you know i know what y'all are thinking okay it's not my i was gonna say too and you said that when when you wipe on a 40 person raid like you feel that like you really feel that like it's cool because you've got a little bit more flexibility you know you got your stronger people your weaker people the stronger people can carry more weaker people as a result but when you wipe in a 40 person raid you feel the sting of that wipe more than you do in a 10 or a 25 because the numbers, you got to chip away at it longer. You know, there's more time, there's more energy and dedication into like chipping away at that daunting goal of taking the boss down. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is also like a feels bad moment, especially in some current games that shall remain nameless. Um, 
is is the fact that you can go in and you know collaborate with your your raid team get to mm. a point at which you've achieved a boss kill and get absolutely nothing right. or get yeah. a virtual like slap mm. in the mouth to say here here here's some magical nickels go and get yourself some bubble gum and then you know just enough done. to recover the <laughs> recover the repair bill, right? There you go. No, not even that. It's some currency that you're having to grind anyway in the open world. Like, I mean, it's not like there's a game out there oh, that God. does that at all. But anyway, oh. it's like I, I want to be able to get something, and I, I, I think it's God. been said in chat too. Sorry, I'm okay. The idea that you get some materials, you start off with a base item, you know, that you can do. <laughs> and one thing that I like too is, yes, I, I think. There should not be like a, a tier set for every single combination. That's just crazy pants. But something for each archetype, most definitely. <laughs> and then an ability to, um, you know, gather materials to maybe take that base item, which is decent, and make it more suited to your variant. So if I wanted to be a Shadow Blade, right, I will get that Rogue Drop. And I will be able to use it mm. and it'll be decent, but then I might be able to gather materials from other bosses out in the open world. Again, multiple conduits to get the same thing, right? With varying levels of drop rate and still be able to get something that say, oh, hey, now I have, you know, tier 1.5 Shadow Blade armor because I spent the time and invested in doing that. And so I'm still walking away from that boss encounter with something I can actually use. Not something that, you know, is going to go, you know, I toss on the ground or, you know, my even my um, party members can't use because it's just a crap piece of gear that nobody wants. Or I've already got that slot full. So I think there's got to be some level of check when drops do come, whether it's like, okay, this person is this type of class. This is the class they're going to get. So a rogue isn't going to get a tank drop, right, for example. Um, I think that's just that's just silly. Um, mm. and, and also, even if they don't get like said gear, right, they get something that they can either, you know, resell, trade or leverage to be able to use. Not, again, some meaningless currency that you're going to grind anyway in the open world. Absolutely. Because you have to. Otherwise, you're basically behind everybody else. It's the hamster wheel they create for you so that you, you you know, I mean, like you got to get on and do an hour or two of grinding whatever this stupid cir circle is that you got me running on. And then when I get done with that, now I can go do the other stuff because I had to do that first. Otherwise, I miss out. And now I'm not up to par with everybody else in the base level like that is a horrible reason to push somebody to log on. Uh I, I found that this is a really good segue into discussing augmentation. Again, if you didn't check it out, you can go check it out. We got a video on Ashes HQ, right? We're pulling these comments. I posted it around Wednesday and I've been pulling discussion topics from the community, you know, but to be fair, if you're here in chat watching as we're talking about it, you like clearly are more than welcome to, to ping away. Let us know your thoughts. We'll get to it and try to work it in. But there was a talk. I'm going to hit this one right here. Uh, talking about, well, I'll meet on a couple ones. So one, can I just preface with gold eternal internal on, uh, on Reddit? I don't know who you are, right? We talked about augmentation said, give us your thoughts, blah, blah, blah. Gold eternal said the tank class should be out of the game. How dare you? 
Murder Bunny. Hush. Mages always tank, don't they? Yeah, Mage tank. Um, Aboshi <laughs> said on YouTube said uh, to him that diversity is meaningful all on its own. But there's a you even talked about Shadowblade, Daedalus, and Ezreal said they were stoked for the Shadowblade and they've been checking the wiki regularly. Clearly, there's a lot we don't know about a lot of different uh, archetype combinations. But I'm going to actually jump down to uh, Stranging Ness on YouTube who was replying to Mob Tech. Mob Tech had talked about uh, primary skills and abilities, which I'll reference in a little bit when we're kind of more in that domain. But Strangingness said, discussing armor and weapon customization flexibility from the beginning, saying that it's important that, that those types of gear and weapons Right, should have some level of flexibility early on, even from the earlier stages. Um, saying that weapons uh, and armor could have the possibility of having all stat blocks, meaning now knowing in Ashes it's planned that you can wear all armor types regardless of what your archetype is. Okay, it's part of the theory crafting element in the game that I personally am really excited about. Um, so having those drop, like having a plate and medium or light, any of that drop and knowing that there could be any stat block on there, I can see some positives to that. I can see some negatives to that, depending on the circumstances. Uh, but they did say uh, that, uh, you know, that should this possibility lie specifically behind RNG or drops versus craft ability to change it? How much weight do we want in modifying stat blocks to be solely uh, dependent on a crafter versus knowing that we're going to be able to get something to drop that we need and not having to rely on that. Like what, what's the right balance with that? Or overall, what are your thoughts, gentlemen, just around this topic in general? And I don't know if this is going to be a popular opinion, but it's mm -hmm. mine. I, I think far too many games shaft the crafters. Um, mm. and, and while I like, I have to experience it and kind of see it in practice to really like make a final judgment. My preference would be that you do have some variability in what potentially can drop, um, and what the stat blocks look like, but I do feel like crafters should have some control over that too, in the sense that they might be able to like reforge maybe a portion of those stats. As opposed to like specifically saying, okay, well, I want this from strength to stamina, and you know that 100% of those you know strength points can be turned into stamina by a crafter. I mean, I still think there needs to be some way to engage and create in kind of an organic way interdependency among players. Mm -hmm. If you want the game to continue to foster social interaction you're going to need to interact. You're going to need to create opportunities to interact. And me personally, I would prefer leaning more heavily. I wouldn't say all the way, but leaning more heavily mm. towards more experienced crafters being able to potentially reforge equipment. Um, and depending on how much they reforge, there's, you know, I think at some point, you know, Stephen talked about potentially over-enchanting having a possibility of destroying an item. So there's got to be like a counterbalance to that. I think it would be <laughs> a really feels bad moment if I gave something to somebody that I got as a drop to reforge and it broke. Right. So I think maybe we need to think that through a little bit in, in terms of what that chance is and, you know, and so on. But 
at the end of the day, I think it's really important as much as people are like, I just want to be able to go in, get a drop and it be like perfect stats for me. I think that's just going to quickly make things less interesting and you're going to have less opportunity for interaction if you don't involve crafters at some level. And again, it might not necessarily be just moving stat blocks. It might be creating, you know, you know, something that has maybe more armor. If you're a tank class, you get a, you may, you get a a medium armor drop that has some really nice bonuses and stats on it. And you just want to up the armor a little bit more. So I need a crafter to be able to do that. So I would say it shouldn't be an all or nothing scenario, but I would prefer to lean it more heavily on the crafter than I would on RNG. And and y'all know what my feeling is on RNG. Mm. Are you having concerns about your reforging items getting broken? Are you tired of losing your items when going to a crafter to get reforged? Come see Half Tilt today for your reforging insurance, where we will reimburse you for the value of the item if a crafter should break it during the reforging process. Anyway, self-promo out of the way. I I love that idea. I love that idea. Um, (laughs) Like, I, I would love, I want to see that level of necessity for crafters in the game like that that's super cool because giving a craft the your artisans the ability to actually re-roll or reforge Mm. dropped items as well as crafted items puts so much meaning and gives so much value to the artisan system that's huge that's i i genuinely think that's an excellent idea um I talking about stat blocks, like if we're talking like the vitality, strength, dexterity, intelligence, and I think of each one of those as a stat block, absolutely, in regards to the question, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. I'm cool with maybe a handful of items at at any given tier having those four stat blocks available, but the maximum values of those stats should be lowered accordingly to not over inflate the total amount of stats that you're getting on a character so if you're just looking for something a little bit more well-rounded then you can go for that if you're like hey i'm really short on a little bit of extra intelligence on my rogue i would like to have a little bit of extra magic defense type thing or or whatever mitigation that provides then cool you can do that and having a crafter being able to weight those stats mm. uh, a little bit differently redistribute them differently so that your stat total still doesn't exceed a certain maximum that's cool i think for the general amount of items two to three stat blocks mm. is probably going to be plenty enough and people will probably gravitate towards those more so yeah like primary I, stats I, if, course stats. if you give if you give everybody every stat on every item and, and then just allow it to be weighted differently your overall stat value is going to be insanely high. And I feel like that's going to just add a level of power creep into the game that I don't know. I want to see, especially on a base launch. I'll have a little additional work to balance a lot too. The more layers you add like this too, like that idea of like having a, 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 a set for every class or something like that's just, you know, cause now you don't only do you have to worry about this. Like the, this is the issue. The elder scrolls online has, they have so many sets of gear, which it's great in theory, but they add so many that now, just like the foundation of all of the skills that are available, you, number one, can't use them all anyway. Number two, a lot of them become irrelevant because, in my opinion, 
like there's too much to have to work at balancing every every patch. And then and then also like add into the fact they have all those gear sets and they've got to do the same. And then the same thing happens there. Now you got gear sets that aren't even utilized because people are like, why in the hell would I wear this? It's crap. Like it doesn't do anything for you that's gonna compare to these sets that just came out with this new, you know, tier, uh content tier or whatever, right? So yeah. It, Basil. That's the same. Oh, sorry. Basil, go ahead. Uh, like, mm. just, just to understand this. Is reforging also equivalent to repairs here? Uh, reforging would be changing the stats on on gear, being able to essentially, like, maybe I don't want to have stamina and I had the capability in this game as it's designed to trade stamina for health or to trade crit rating for uh, maybe overall damage or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, ah. And repairing is obviously fixing some broken shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like, it's most probably need to be tested a lot. Because these type of things kind of break games. Like if you find that perfect combo of, uh, of a sword with the incre- in- insane amount of swiftness with it. Basil, uh, um, I have a question for you. Are you playing Lost Ark right now? Yes. I knew it. What? I, I, I can never tell. Said can you playing. tell? <laughs> Put no, it no, down. No, no, well, don't no. log out though. Don't log out. But but no, no, I can I, do I'm it. not playing now. I was like before the stream. Clip that. Bunny got called out live on the show. Right? What do you mean? Tell me, I don't know my homies. I can tell me he's like, yeah. So about that, um, uh, what what that is? What what the? <laughs> no. It is though. He he is right though. It is a slippery slope because when you allow there to be too too many, I just call them modules or you know spots that you can. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stat blocks. Yeah, yeah. And like my only worry with this is basically if they if people try to make this a meta where. They will try to get certain stats for dungeons, and they would make it a pre-requirement for you to raid with these certain people or do the dungeons with them. So that, that's my only concern. Like, how would you guys address that? Yeah. Go on. And one other thing too, I think again um, that was like where things go awry when you have a essentially over itemization. I think you talked about there being so many different kinds of gear sets. There isn't any hope of really balancing them all and people gravitate to the ones more powerful. Let's just talk about, you know, Legion legendaries for like a hot minute. Oh, I mean, man. really? It's Jeez. like, I, I, I don't want an mm-hmm. Oprah approach to handing out legendaries. Mm-hmm. It just made it so it's like, oh, hey, I got a legendary moment of excitement. Oh, wait, it's a piece of crap legendary. It feels bad. And I can't like destroy it at that point. Diablo three, too. There yeah, exactly. you go. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's it. not a legendary. It's an expected drop. Yes. Right. And you get tons of them. Yeah. And you're just like, breaking them down. You, you don't even need half the mats anyway because they're garbage. That's how you say garbage in French. Can't you craft them now? Question mark. <laughs> Sorry, say that one more time. Oh yeah, you you can craft them in uh, in Shadowlands, right? Yeah. But again, right? Can. It's 
it's still like there's a number you have that same feels bad moment with those or you're you end up just chasing mm. like the ones that are meta period yeah and, and then and, if there's rng too right that, that changed right yep. since i've been yep. out of you know uh shadow lanes for a few months now but i'm not expecting that's changed no no it's been that way for how long now yeah i mean it I mean, it's been there. I mean, that that was the whole point is I'm going to go and I'm going to grind Torghast oh my for God. something. And then I'm going to go have to go to a boss drop or, you know, I'm going to have to go grind certain mobs to get certain things. And again, right, it's that moment where like, hey, look, something dropped for me. It's it's a legendary. But oh, wait, no, it's a crap. It's the shitty one. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, thanks. And then you don't have the one that people are even like. This is the problem, right? You know what I'm talking about there's like i think it was legion i remember there was a uh oh my god relic what are they what are they called buddy trinket trinket relic relic the, the relics you no, would get to the, put in your weapon no you get two of them on your stat sheet it's been this is, i haven't played since then but it's like your your um oh my gosh you get them sometimes you'd have they'd have a use to them sometimes it would just trinkets, be I think, thank yeah. you trinkets, yeah, is trinkets yeah, for me, yeah. do you remember the, in, in legion there was a trinket and it was a healing trinket and if you didn't get it you wouldn't even get taken in to a raid because yeah. it did so much that it really it was so overpowered if you didn't have it and that thing was a complete rng drop so you'd have these like shitty healers that would be getting invited into like groups over people who had maybe been grinding and working hard at it specifically because of that thing. And that trinket was, it was a hundred percent RNG. Some people would never even see it. And other people would just get it first time it dropped. And you're like, dude, really? Yeah. That's horrible. This is something that I'm really hoping the class augmentation system will help to diffuse a bit is that one single meta piece of gear for a healer, for example, is there could be so many different flavors of healers. Maybe there's different items that support those different flavors of healers. And so if you're, if you're, uh, a cleric mage for example there'd be a trinket that's stronger for you than if you're just simply a cleric cleric i'm sorry i don't have the chart up in front of me to talk about their class names but that's (laughs) that that the differences that we expect to see throughout the augmentation system and how it modifies your active skills and this might be a segue to the the augmentation conversation a bit too here but that there, that should allow enough diversity within your skill build that different pieces of gear are going to affect you differently than someone else of the same base archetype with a different um, secondary class. Yeah, I'm going to try to, for the sake of like conversation, be mindful. But I saw this in chat from CD saying, making legendary something the guild earns and owns. Oh, man, I kind of dig that idea. I kind of do to an extent, Um, but I'm just going to just going to say it so that the people that are like watching this or listening to it later can sort of like share their thoughts on that if they want to. I'm going to hit a few. Let me hit a few topics here real quick while we're talking about this. So we can sort of like have a variety of things that are there and being mindful of the time we've got because tilt's got to go at a certain time. Right. We got to make sure we hit that marker. So I want to make sure that we get these points out there. We can sort of hit it all. Okay. So Rune Relic had also said main issue is that all 64 classes need to be unique and have enough space between each identity. 
This means there needs to be enough customization per class and stats without going outside the scope of the identity. I could dig that. So make notes, gentlemen and friends that are watching, right? Pick your topics, make your notes on any of the things I'm hitting on here. The next one, strangeness also had said, was thoughts on the ability to convert damage types on skills via augmentation. For example, let's say I've got a uh, sword swing and it does physical damage, right? And I get an augmentation via the mage somehow. And now instead of making it, you know, augmenting it to where it's not just physical damage, but instead it can um, be magic damage. But maybe this is more of a choice in augmentation, right? Versus it just being a flat out, this is what you get. Um, the reason I say that is because digs, I'm hitting up all these. So we're kind of like powering through these because I know we're going to be bouncing around on all of them. Digs had mentioned the main thing we need to know and have an in-depth discussion about this is really uh, from the augmentation system we, we need to know about those augment schools don't we right we need to know what that stuff's really going to look like and um, we need to know how some of the active skills and primary archetypes um, as well as like some of the passives are going to be modifiable and he also mentioned we really need to know more about the active skills for things like the fighter and the bard summoner the ones we don't have yet right we don't even have those foundation skills for archetypes yet to go off of mob tech mentioned hoping that primary skills and spells that secondary class skills can change based on weapon type used. So now we're going back to talking about gear and weapons again. That secondary passive and active skills and abilities um, could be changed as well. And also, you know, what are some things we'd want to see in that regard? Last one, Alex said, sounds great on paper with capacity for diversity, but has the has the opinion that this may open the door for less class interdependence which is a massive part of the group-centric MMORPG that Ashes of Creation aims to be. And it's a slippery slope of making it so players can do it all by themselves with enough utility that, you know, maybe isn't part of the design plan. So I know he hit on a lot there, but we're talking about interdependency between classes. We're talking about the type of augmentation schools there will be. We're talking about, in summary, that's what I'm doing here, we're talking about how you can augment certain skills and abilities in a way that can make them more versatile. But you're also talking about that slippery slope, right? And then to piggyback off of all of that, I'm coming back to hit what Diggs said and also saying he's really stoked about racial augments and things like social organizations, specifically the Thieves Guild. What, you know, what's that? How's that going to have an impact on things? You even could think of the religious orders, right? Is it just flavor and style, or is it going to be more impactful in a way? I know I hit on a lot, but there's a lot to dig into. And I say for the rest of our damn show, let's hit the head and get to it, gentlemen. What what stands out for you on this? I, I think like the biggest thing that stands out for me is maybe differentiating like when we think of the secondary classes versus the augmentations, what does that necessarily mean? Like we, we've had a lot of conversation about how that will all work and what the dynamics are. But personally, you know, the way I take it away is you, you have a role and that's going to be your archetype, right? Mm. You're going to have a secondary class choice, right? And that's going to ultimately define what your class is. But ultimately, it's just a variant of that archetype, right? So if I'm a mage and a mage cleric, I've got that, you know, cleric flavor that's part of the mage. And what does that mean? Well, I mean, at some point, Stephen said, well, hey, that 
secondary is going to change the nature of your skills. So now kind of pushing that forward to augmentation, what is an augment going to do? To me, it feels like it's a further type of specialization that you can go down a path on. It might change your skills instead of being ranged to point blank, right? And give some sort of extra mm -hmm. effect to it that you wouldn't necessarily have. So you're, when I hear change the nature, I think skill behavior. I don't think skill itself is going to be completely and totally like night and day different. I'm going to, you know, instead of a, you know, a, you know, slash damage, I'm going to be blood damage, for example. Um, it might be something else, right? So, like, personally, I think that augmentation is really going to be where people start to tweak their build. You're going to have that role that you want to play. Then you're going to have a variant that might, you know, add some sort of play style spin to it. And then you're going to further reinforce that play style spin with your augmentations. That's kind of the way I see it. And yeah, I'm totally excited to see like what all this ends up being and how much of it's more cosmetic versus actually useful. Um, and I don't mean that to be, you know, uh, condescending, right? I, I, I think it's going to be really cool to see, you know, an augment that allows you to, you know, see a different effect. But I think what people are really going to gravitate towards is, you know, what can I do with augmentations that can really help refine my build? Or push it in a direction that, you know, I play how I want to play with my character. Hmm. I, I I think of I think of two different types of augmentation when we talk about this. There's class augmentation, which is, as you said, kind of like a further specialization. I think that that is going to be a little bit more than just a linear change of how your active skills play out. You know, uh, a prime example that Steven used uh, in interviews a while ago was take the Ranger's Charge Bolt. If you are paired up with a Mage, which makes you a Scion, and you apply the Frost School of Augment to that Charge Bolt, now it becomes like a Frost Charge Bolt, and you have a chance to chill or freeze an opponent when you attack it. Um, it, it it's not like a crazy... Uh, frost nuke now but now you have a snaring chance which i can see being huge in pvp where you're having to kite melee or against melee uh and npcs if if i was to think of a mage merging with a cleric maybe now your fireball does a hundred less damage and it has some splash aoe healing for your allies around the base so now you do you know maybe the, it does like 500 healing split up between nice, however yeah. many allies are around if you go for the life uh school of augment from the cleric um i i that, that's kind of how i see the class augmentation working is it empowers you a little bit more but that's because everybody isn't if, once you hit level 25 you get to choose this and, and you will have the flexibility to change it with some work as you see fit to adjust to your play style or whatever content you're pursuing at the moment. When we talk about things like social organizations, um, guild skills and racial augments, all those types mm -hmm. of things, those I see more as your either out of combat uh, abilities being augmented or more linear things, changing the effect or right. transitioning your, your focus from damaging this one target to healing this one target or 
what whatever it is, maybe increasing your stealth level when you're roaming through a dungeon as a rogues, if you're part of the thieves guild, or or if you're tr- or during guild battles or sieges when you're trying to infiltrate enemy encampments, kind of thing, you have a better chance of sneaking in and capturing the relic or something, right? So it, it embolsters that side of you in a more linear fashion, and I think. That's going to be a really important thing, especially as we push into Alpha 2. I agree 100% with Diggs. We need to know a lot more about what the four schools of Augment are, because I think we know what the mages' four schools are. We know two two skills for uh, two uh, schools for the cleric, and I think that's it. Like, yeah. it, it, it's not a lot, right? We know we know six out of thirty two schools here. Um, yep. So there's a lot more to learn, and same with the primary abilities for a lot of classes. So as we get into Alpha Two, we'll be able to theory craft around this a lot more and how these skills are going to apply. But I'm excited to see where that goes. Now I do want to touch on the class identity piece as well because I, I I did some some content on this way back when talking about class identity, and I think. Being able to roam through the world and see somebody and be like, hey, that's a ranger. I know. I know they're a ranger because of the way they are. But do you know, are they a scion? Are they a Templar? Are they whatever? Any one of the other types of rangers, how how do you visually tell that? What makes them different? You know, if they're just standing there idle, no, you might not be able to tell. But in active combat, if they're fighting something, how do you tell what they are i think that comes out important with class identity and that will also incorporate into that group dynamic a little bit as well i don't think we're gonna have to worry about um that that class is bleeding over into another role so much because the balance factor of the game is going to be focused on that eight person group with those eight different main archetypes so i doubt we're going to see too much bleed over i don't think somebody's going to come in and replace the cleric Maybe a bard cleric will be able to do a good job in a well-geared dungeon group, but probably not when you're pushing in raid content. You're still going to need your cleric there to do the healing because mm-hmm. that's what their that's their strength, right? So you're not going to see that there. I think of it as, you know, think of a pizza. That's your tank, okay? Now you can sprinkle eight different types of toppings on there for uh, uh, to suit your flavor to suit your needs. But guess what? It's still a pizza, okay? You want to talk about the cleric? Okay, there's your taco. All right. You put whatever different toppings on there you want, but guess what? It's still a taco. You know, you go down the list. You can have your spaghetti and uh, your sandwich or whatever else you want, but you can adjust your toppings to suit your flavor, your personal preference. In the end, it's still that base dish. Yeah, and that's is, that's is how it, I kind of see this going. And I'm now hungry, and I'm sorry for. I know Basil looks like he was like, mm, "This sounds delicious." <laughs> He's like, "I was about to add the comment of, is it still a taco if you add pineapple to it?" Oh, what sure. are, can we not do this right now? Because I feel like we're about to just taint certain foods live on stream. And I want to have an appetite when we get done. Okay. If you put spaghetti in a taco shell, it's still a, it's still a taco. Right? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's oh, definitely God. closer than eating a bunch of. Yeah. Okay. I digress. I want to I wanted to read a point from chat, though, from Vel saying also mentioning, remember, Skills can be tied to weapons. Remember, that's a that's an important. There's a weapon skill tree. True story, and keeping that meaningful to where it makes sense and it actually you know aligns and synergizes with those class abilities and isn't like so. I'm a big proponent. Okay, I'm gonna put this out there. 
I'm, I'm, I dig set bonuses that are supplemental. I dig gear, active skills and abilities, passives or otherwise that are supplemental. I do not, and I am not a proponent of them being this heavy weighted deciding factor. And the reason is going back to the discussion that we were talking about in some of those comments is that if you do that, you start to pull away from class identity and then you start to be a game that's all about the gear sets identity and the gear set skills and the gills gear sets that are weighted supplementals. Great being the thing like, for example, Elder Scrolls online. I'm going to use it as an example because it's horrible. In my opinion, it's horrible. <laughs> if someone can smash one button, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's an active ability that does direct damage or something, and spamming one ability can get these other things to proc, and those things literally will do the damn fight for you, I think we got a problem. Let's not go down that oh, road. But simp. Oh, don't. Dude, you're going to try to trigger me. likes the god card here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I will, something you said half tilt also <laughs> kind of triggered me a bit like specifically on how I I feel it's important to approach class design in the game <laughs> and and one thing that I've seen in other games that I very much don't like and ultimately homogenizes the classes and just, just makes choices not as interesting is I think Ultimately, your role and what you can do effectively needs to be defined by your archetype choice. So in your example, like a uh, bard cleric doing some function of what a cleric can do at like a much lower percentage, perhaps, I would still say if I need a healer, I'm not going to go for anything but a cleric. It doesn't necessarily matter what cleric variant I get per se, but I still feel like a healer should be a healer, should be a healer, right? As a cleric. And that's the cleric role, right? Is is healing, right? Or some form of, you know, life-giving energy. Whereas a bard is a force multiplier. So if I have a bard in a party that's a bard cleric, then that force multiplication might be a function of healing, right? Improving mm -hmm. the healing, right? It might be improving regen to some point, like for like party members, but it's still functioning as a bard, as a force multiplier. So that would be, I guess, my only like opinion on the topic is when we start getting into, and frankly, this feels like a little bit, and it, it's been a minute since I've played it. So if it's changed, I, I apologize. But like Guild Wars 2, where kind of everybody can do everything that really like on paper, it sounded, Oh, cool. I can, you know, do X, Y, and Z and buy myself and blah, blah, blah. But that's not an MMO, right? An MMO, you, you need to be able to interact with others and be able to, you know, like overcome things with a group composition that utilizes the different classes and what they can do. So that would be, I guess, my only qualifier for what you said is I hope class design remains pure. The variants again can still be the the extras that you put on, but the base pizza, taco, etc., right, is still gonna be whatever that class or pardon me, archetype should be. You still need to have each one at the meal for it to be a good meal. 
Exactly. Yeah. True story. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I agree a hundred percent. My example was in, in the, like, if you're a really well geared group and you're out gearing the content that where you're just trying to steamroll through it, you don't necessarily need that level of heals that you can just kind of go through with minimal stuff. And absolutely. I'm thinking of the Bard as well as being able to embolster your defensive prowess and stuff. So you're taking less damage overall. And if you've got, that good group synergy maybe you don't need it because you just simply outgear the content at that point that, yeah. that's kind of more so where i was going with that it, it, when you're dealing with content at your level 100 percent. if you mm. don't bring the right the right classes or the proper diversity then you're gonna have a hard time i hope yeah i hope so too and i also hope that we don't get to a point and, and, and it's going to happen right as there's power creep. Right. But I do hope that there isn't like a quick point where you all of a sudden completely trivialize content. That's kind of another beef for me is I want a dungeon mm. to still be, you know, a dungeon that has some sort of challenge. It doesn't have to like, it might may go from, man, this is super hard to, man, this is a little difficult, right? That's I'm okay with that sliding scale, but I don't want it to be like, you know, me running around on my celestial steed, just one-shotting everything while everybody follows behind right. me. That, it, that's, again, it, it, it's fun for a minute. And then after a while, it's like, man, this is boring. Like, right? no challenge here, though. It's like, dude. Exactly. And there's still like people... Can, can you I'm, boost I'm, me? Please boost me. Can you carry exactly. me? Exactly. Then gold. it creates that entitlement mentality that is so prevalent nowadays <laughs> in MMORPGs. And don't get me started on this because this isn't the LFM show, right? That's but cool. That, Thursday that's if you the, want. If you wanna if you want to hear those kind of rants, Thursday 5 right, p.m. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But that that's my point here is that there's there's gotta be like a way um to make sure that each archetype is relevant throughout the life cycle of the game right? and that means from start to finish because at the end of the day i mean uh, spoiler a little bit from like some content that i'm working on but at the end of the day if i am a class and that class is no longer useful in some form or another yeah. my reaction is one of two things hashtag rage quit right or re-roll right and I don't want that necessarily to be um, as quick of a choice because people are going to, you know, say, hey, I've been a cleric for so long. I want to try something different. Right. I don't have a problem with that because that's how you garner fun from a game. But I, I don't want like a bad design choice to be the catalyst for me making a change to my class. Yeah, I don't, I don't you don't want to be excluded from a group because you chose archetype c right to start the game with right like this is the class i wanted to play this is what i chose oh all of a sudden nobody needs a summoner well shit okay guess i'm just gonna sit over here and wave my dick at traffic because i got nothing better to do like yeah <laughs> yeah i i gotta say man <laughs> i'm enjoying i'm enjoying the chat there's a lot of a lot of chat here today and yes I, lights justice reigns baby that's all i gotta say dude when we're talking about these dynamics like this everything we've talked about today going all the way back to the beginning of talking about gears and raids crafting augmentation 
that's the worst part, right? Is when you gear up your character and in Ashes, you got to remember, this is not going to be like a, I max level my character in a day geared up in the next couple days, grinding out A, B or C and I'm done and I'm good. I can make a new character, making a new character, rolling a new character, leveling it up to max level, gearing it out, right? Leveling professions. This is not no offense to the people that play a game like the Elder Scrolls online, but those people that think that they're like champions in that game are going to come over to ashes and they are not going to have what it takes for the most part. Because it caters to the ease of being able to do stuff like that. There's plenty of other games that are like that too. Even World of Warcraft was guilty of this, right? You could literally mm-hmm. boost your character up, right? You get a set of gear, you go jump into, you go grind out a bunch of content, and you get geared up super, super diff, super fast. But people that go and play those games where you can gear quick, level quickly, I'm sure there's other games. I can't even think of the other ones right now, but those are the easiest ones because I've played them the most and no. But they're going to come into this game. And they're going to get pissed off saying that the MMORPG is too hard. And it's like, no, no, no. This is kind of like normal. It was normal. Remember, this was normal. The journey of going through these levels, gearing up your character and all that. And, you know, it was like a choice, but it was the worst back in the day when it was like this, like Ashes is going to be. It was the worst back in the day when you played World of Warcraft. For me, for example, you put all that work into your character and then it was like it, it didn't really matter compared to the other ones when it came to rating or something. Unless I did a specific spec and I had to or I was not relevant to the content. No one wanted you. Similar to that gear, that trinket. No one's they're not going to touch you. They don't care. And that's such a, a terrible Horrible. turn off. Horrible you feeling. know, because as Daedalus said, you either re-roll or slash G slash quit. I'm out. I'm going to go play any number of other games to occupy my time yep. with because I don't I've already got so much invested in this that I'm just PO'd now. Um, I do want to say a note. I mentioned it in chat as well. I think for Ashes, based on the current design philosophy, while getting to max level with an alt might is going to take just as much time, if not maybe a little less um given your characters uh your main character's progression and riches um will be just as difficult but gearing that character out if you've got a well-progressed uh character main character and guild could actually be extremely easy to gear up because everything's good mm, nothing is yeah. nothing very few items are going to be kind of boe most things are going to be unbound and therefore tradable yeah. uh, also being craftable and accessibility to crafting mat so if you've got the gold to buy stuff or your guild just has stuff sitting in the bank for alts it could actually be really easy to, to gear up some alts so take that mm-hmm. as you will as a pro or con i i, I think that's actually kind of cool myself yeah, as long as too. those as long as it's not going to make you be able to go out and just access some crazy op items that are have ridiculous level requirements uh, i.e being this this level requirement should be 30 not 10 you know where you can just op out a an alt character then but then i think forget, it, it'll be kind of cool but don't forget your alt character needs to be at the same location of your other character in order to trade them between those characters because yes. if it's in another entire different city, you can't do that. <laughs> There's man. no mailing system. I tell you, man, this makes me makes me think of like the just the the choice of leveling a character up all the way. Oh, 
it is kind of a good feeling to know that you could probably gear it. It'll, it'll make, I think the journey of having to go through the process of leveling feel rewarding when you get to that point and you can do a little bit to like hook yourself up because the journey, if they maintain that it's going to be, I'm trying to think of other games that are that, that like definitely it's, it's a process to get to max level. And I'm thinking Lord of the Rings online still like that. I don't know that I would say that Guild Wars 2 is, but I haven't played it in a while. It's been quite a while. I don't think it is anymore. Um, it's, it's, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of what games out there. Maybe EverQuest, right? EverQuest might be. Yeah, potentially, yeah. If you're on the, if you're not, if you're playing like like probably a vanilla, like vanilla server style, but there aren't very many games that don't have these types of features into where you can just, you know pay for convenience or power level in some way. Like I, I'm okay with being mm. able to accelerate the leveling experience as long as the cost paid comes from your account still. Like if you're yeah. having to go out and fork out gold from your account to buy better items that that are only going to last for six levels before you have to then fork out more gold to replace them with items again to mm. keep yourself going. I'm kind of okay with that. It's like, I, I understand the the hesitation to want to accelerate that leveling experience and creating a whole bunch of vaults. And you don't want to True. make it so that it's so yeah. fast that the leveling experience becomes trivial. You still want to have to play the class, earn your skills, experiment with those skills and what may be possibly a new role that your class is now fulfilling. But at the same time, it's when, when you play the same game over and over and over again, do you want to watch the same cutscenes? Do you want to read the same quest dialogue every single time? Uh, that's the same because, as Faisal said, you want to be in the same true, area true. as your main character. You want you typically want to skip all that and just push on to experience what this class can actually do for what I want it to do. So accelerating the leveling experience a little bit by being able to gear it out is fine, especially once if we're talking again about alts. Most a lot of people are only going to be at max level. So if, if we're thinking of the open world PvP aspect of it, there's going to be enough high level characters around anyway. That just because you're a little bit more overgeared than the other level twenty person out there doesn't mean that you get to go out there and be king shit and kill everybody around you. Because you know you do that for a little bit, you're going to get got and going to get got. <laughs> you know, so it, it'll balance itself out in a way. So. I, I'm kind of okay with that as long as it doesn't get something ridiculous. You know, I remember WoW, I think it was Wrath of Lich King expansion, introduced the heirloom items yes. that would level up with your character. Yep. And, and they were strong. They were. You could, in some instances, for some mm-hmm. item slots, get better stuff that was better for a couple levels. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, you know... Mm-hmm. Pros and cons to it again. I thought it was kind of cool, but only on select item slots. And, you know, you maybe make them a little bit more difficult to obtain uh, from from your main character to have to earn those items and to be able to give to your alt. But it, I, I thought it was kind of neat because it helped to accelerate that. It gave you a little bit of something that you didn't have to worry about replacing all the time. You didn't have to spend a bunch of extra mm. money on it every few levels to replace it. Oh man. Yeah. That, that, I like that idea. Yeah. I liked it. And something that I was thinking about is is like twinks and like yep. that whole process that happens. Yeah. Like, I love my 29 twink rogue, man. Yeah, <laughs> heirlooms kind of well, no, it's really the battleground anyway, going yeah, ahead. Yeah, it was yeah. it was more about the BGs and you would get yeah. like certain things and kind of min max this tweak, you know, this you know, twink build. 
I guess one thing that I would say is like, you know, I'm not sure whether I'm okay with like hard level requirements to equip gear, but I think what I would like to see potentially in at least in testing is an ability to kind of get the flavor of that heirloom mechanic and say, okay, well, if I get this really powerful piece of gear at, I don't know, at level 30, and I've got a level 10 alt where that this would also be useful, and I find a way, you know, to transfer it over, or just ask a guildie to help transfer it over, there's got to be, like, at least some ability to say, okay, well, you get the base, like, version of this item that unlocks over time, so it still gives you an incentive to progress your character, but it doesn't immediately kind of grant you those, those you know, twinking like options at a lower level. It might be like a less powerful version of whatever proc, or it might be a lower level of stat. So it does like at certain levels, maybe unlock powerful versions, Not maybe not necessarily unlocking something at every level. So it's still kind of relevant and balanced with the other gear that could potentially drop. But it still gives you some opportunity to say, okay, I've got this really cool piece of gear, my friend, or I, you know, found on a main that I'm giving to my alt. Mm -hmm. But it also gives you an ability to still like learn your class and go through all of that, you know, that learning process. Um, but maybe have like a slight advantage um, versus just kind of, you know, chips fall where they may as you're leveling. I do like that idea as opposed to like having like a twink option or not being able to use any gear regardless. Cause that again, gives you an ability to, you know, always have utility in things that you get. And it's not always like something that you're just vendoring over and over. Yeah. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. Are you talking like you have to earn like X amount of experience while using that item and having it equipped to be able to unlock the extra features of it. I think that's really cool. And, mm -hmm. and to tie into a point Donver made about um, making crafting irrelevant for low mm -hmm. levels, how about instead of just that heirloom item upgrading with you every level, you actually have to go and see a crafter and provide materials and gold to upgrade it to your current level. And the higher level you are from the last time it was upgraded, the more of that stuff you need. Yeah, that, I'd be okay with that, that. That way it keeps the crafting and everything relevant still. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's not exactly. just an automatic power gain, extra bonus power gain rather than, um, yeah, that, you, that you, you just happened to acquire because you leveled up and paid some gold on a main. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I dig exactly. that. I love that. I love that progression of earning and unlocking stuff too. Absolutely. That's what I mean. That's meaningful. Like it makes sense. You know what I mean? It's not that hamster wheel sort of, mentality of like go jump on this and grind this so you can dump this into this thing and then it just all feels really irrelevant you know it's just that that sort of stuff is what sucks and I, i've seen a lot of like don verge had to talk about um crafting specifically yeah i can't i can't say it enough like when we are looking at class theory crafting i mean even talking about like the flavor and the impact of social organizations religion um, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, I can't say it enough how important just trade and crafting in general, right? Like this component and how it ties into theory crafting and progression content and the rewards at the end. I think this to me 
is sort of like the triangle, like the golden triangle for me. These are the three points on that triangle that I think have got to be very meaningful and why one can be utilized by the other and how they all sort of like tie into one another. But I know we're getting closer on time here and we're definitely in the post show today going to be chatting a little bit more about this. Want to gather some more of your topics and your feedback around this, but we do have to uh, kind of outline that Well, we are coming up toward the end of the week. What's that mean? End of the month, end of the week. That means Wednesday this week is when you need to go to the ashes of creation official forums go to the post listed which i am going to share in chat for those of you that are present for this live broadcast of our podcast today here on twitch always encourage people to join us when we're live because you just don't get the same presentation if you listen or catch it on youtube you're either missing the chat part that's going on or you're just missing the visuals if you're listening to it but either way we love you all the same so thank you for being a part of this but Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific is your deadline for submitting your questions for the live stream Q&A. And the live stream, the next developer live stream is going to be on this coming Friday, February 25th at 11 a.m. Pacific. We'll do our traditional post-show chat here, followed by Sam probably getting spanked in something, but we'll do our post-show chat, gather some topics. I think someone in chat said they were willing to help out if you're willing to what that is not the way of the light and the hope of the what the hell no one wants to see that but gentlemen it's been a great time as always it's been a great time as always friends any final thoughts before we wrap this up no no good one Great. Well, with that being said, I'm going to let the gentleman here shout out the domains where you can find them when you're not on this podcast, Daedalus. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash the slash The Ashen Herald. Half tilt. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at half underscore tilt or shoot me a message on Discord at half tilt gamer. And Faisal. You guys can follow me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Babel108. And, you know, we might be at the end of today's show as always, but regardless of whether or not you join us live, you don't even have to be a part of the roundtable. We appreciate those that can. We appreciate the Pathfinders that are here on the show. We're always looking for more to join us here. So if you're interested, shoot me a DM. Uh, If you're interested in contributing to any of the things here or joining Knights of the Phoenix, hit me up on Discord. And remember, whether you listen to the podcast, watch it on YouTube, catch us when we're live, you too are an Ashes Pathfinder. Much love to all of you, to Atrepa Studios. And until next week, which will be our post-developer live stream discussion coming up, live your best lives. Walk in the light and have a great night, everybody. We'll see you again real soon. Take care, everyone. Good night, folks.